following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Hey, where y'all at? It is a thrill. I love this show. You're telling me a big fat lot. I was hoping for funny crazy. I will get on stage on Broadway and I will reenact the rantings of Charlie Sheen one day. Think you can replace me with some other guy? Go ahead. It won't be the same. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. Do not bring Shakespeare into this. You're so smart. Oh, really? Well, so are you. And yes, the rumors are true. They smoke, they drink, they use bad language in mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. I know exactly who that is. That's the mother that loses every goddamn game. That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Get rid of him. Wow. Bros, come on. I love you, bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me, Savior! Burns, nice stretch. Natchez, area pass there. Well defended by Faravari. He had bunting in knots. Strom, drop pass. Wilson, right up the gut. Faravari, he scores! Yeah, that was a pretty good night down in Carolina, wasn't it? Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm Bob Matthews. This is the Bob Matthews Podcast. And in just a few minutes, we're going to be joined by Bailey Johnson of the Washington Post, Capitals Insider slash Beat Reporter. By the time that you are listening to this, no doubt the Capitals and the Islanders will probably have played each other. And we will know a lot more about one of the big topics that we're talking with Bailey about today. And that is Capitals rookie Ivan Miorovshikenko who is making his Capitals debut against the Islanders Wednesday night. Yeah, I know. I didn't get any, I didn't get even, you know, close to pronouncing his name right. Give me a few years. I'm, I'm sure I'll get it. As we go into the Islanders game tonight, New York is sitting in third place in the Metro with 38 points. The Caps are sitting just outside of the playoff bubble with 34 points. Tampa Bay and Carolina have those spots right now with 37 and 35 points respectively. However, the Caps have only played 28 games, whereas Tampa, Carolina, and New York have each played 33, 32, and 31 respectively. The Caps have anywhere between two and five games in hand with everybody ahead of them in the schedule. So it's all right out there for them. They've just got to take advantage of it, really. I mean, that's what it's all about. There are some really encouraging signs for the Caps here in the last few weeks. Oh, by the way, Hendrix LaPierre is coming up as well tonight, uh, on Wednesday night because both T.J. Oshie and Sonny Milano are unavailable. Uh, Milano, I think it sounds like it's just a game-by-game thing. Oshie, the last we heard, is on injured reserve, so he is, I believe it's isn't it six games, something like that, six, seven games until he can come back. But there have been some encouraging signs. We're going to talk to Bailey about uh, the goaltending situation, which has been pretty solid this year and has kept the Caps in a lot of games. Um, and you've also got the fact that the most productive line right now for this team just happens to be the second line that's centered by Connor McMichael and that has Alexi Protus and Anthony Mantha as his running mates. And that's a really good thing because remember how, you know, we were at the start of the year, we thought, hey, you know, this is, uh, you know, this is a make or break year for Connor McMichael. And he's, I think he's making it so far. It looks like, uh, it looks like things are, are on, are on the upward 
you know, on the upward trend with McMichael. And the thing that I like, again, is that it's not just that McMichael's scoring and that he's getting points and stuff like that, but it's that he's making those other two better, specifically Anthony Mantha. But what were we all talking about before the year? Can we, you know, can they get anything for him? Should they trade him? Should they do this? Should they do that? Anthony Mantha has become a pretty solid player this year. That may have to do, that does have to do, in no small part, because of his centerman, Connor McMichael. Let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, though, some, uh, uh, Bailey Johnson joins us from the Washington Post. We talk all about the big debuts. And is there anything really wrong with the grade eight, or do we just need to be patient? That's next. It's the Bob Matthews Podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. The NFL season is coming down to the home stretch. We're getting ready for the playoffs, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking up new customers with an offer. It's pretty darn strong, if you ask me. Check this out. You bet five bucks on any game this week. You're going to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game this December. So, hey, Christmas Eve rolls around. You got nothing to do. Hey, you want to throw a little money on some NFL games. You can get action on any of them the entire weekend. I mean, me personally, I'm not sure I would want to put any money on the Commanders. But, hey, if you want to against the Jets, you can. Get in on the game day greatness. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code THPN and new customers will score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario, bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Time to hit the ice. Let's bring in Capitals insider Bailey Johnson from the Washington Post. Bailey, great to talk to you again. How are you, my friend? Always glad to have you on the program with us. Always happy to do it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. All right, so let's get right to it. Of course, the big story of the last few days, a couple of kids coming up. Hendricks LaPierre, who has been here before, is now back. But the big story is uh, last year's number one pick, Ivan Miorashchenko, is going to make his NHL debut against the Islanders. Obviously, you know, at 19, Capitals are pretty high on this kid, right? Yeah, it's kind of a situation where you need to temper your expectations for a 19-year-old making his NHL debut. For me, I think it's exciting more in the sense of what it says about the future of the team and where things are heading over the next several months, weeks, years, as opposed to like, I mean, obviously it's exciting that he's making his debut and he's unbelievably excited, which is really sweet to see. But for me, it more says something about where this team is heading. I mean, tonight they'll have three of their last four first-round draft picks in the lineup with 
Ivan Roshchenko, Hendrik Slapier, and Connor McMichael all playing. And for a team that has a reputation of being one of the oldest in the league, that tide is starting to turn. We can talk as well about Ethan Bear, who they're bringing in on defense as a younger guy as well. So for me, the Roshchenko debut is just a cool moment to see kind of where the future of this team is heading down the line. Yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting to see Connor Bedard out there or you know, a recreation of, of Ovi's first game. But you've seen uh, Mirov Shichenko now a couple of times, uh, preseason um, as well as, as you know, a pregame skate uh, earlier this week. So have you noticed any differences in his game after, you know, spending a couple of months here in Hershey? Honestly, not really any differences. The biggest things he worked on in Hershey are things that are much harder to pick up on in practice, stuff like his play away from the puck and his commitment defensively. So I'll be interested to see how that looks in his debut. They're not putting a whole lot of pressure on him as far as what they expect. Spencer Carberry said this morning that he just wants to see him like go out and compete and work hard and anything beyond that from an offensive zone time, scoring chances, maybe if he scores a goal, like all of that is just a bonus. All they want to see is that he is working hard, trying his best, no pressure on anything beyond that. Um, but, I mean, he certainly looks like a talented player when you see him in practice. His shot is noticeable, and he's a physically strong player who plays with a bit of an edge. He got in a fight at one point this year in Hershey, so he's not afraid to mix it up a little bit as well if he needs to. And I think Tom Wilson will appreciate that as well. Um, I think you mentioned it, uh, you know, these these four kids, and I thought I read somewhere there, there's a total of eight former first-round picks now in the lineup. But with all of these prospects coming up, what does the future look like? Because a couple of years ago, the whole vibe was, you know, as the core ages, uh, the fortunes of this team are are going to head downward. Are, are Are we perhaps, you know, seeing a glimpse of the future that is looking pretty good and might be here quicker than we thought? Yeah, they've been impressive this year. I think about Connor McMichael as kind of the front runner of that. He didn't have an impressive training camp last season, and it's what led to him spending the whole season in Hershey. And he came back this year just with a completely different head on his shoulders, was intent on coming in, making the lineup, proving that he's ready to be a full-time NHL player. And I think he's been one of the, their most consistent forwards. They've had some difficulties this year at times scoring goals, and he has not been immune to that. But on the balance of the season, like if you look down their lineup and who has been consistently dangerous the most often Connor and Michael is right at the top of the list which I'm not sure anybody saw coming in September yeah and I mean you can you can make a really strong argument that this has been that line with Connor McMichael has been the most productive line on the roster maybe all year and the fact that you know McMichael centers it one of the jobs of a center is to make the two forwards better and I mean he has certainly done that with Anthony Mantha guy that we thought was going to get traded before the season started, and McMichael's turned him into a bona fide you know, contributor for this team. Yeah, I would certainly agree. He does a lot of the sort of more subtle work on that line. He's the one setting the battles in the corners. They all are the bodies of his line mates. He tried to make a joke to me once that he also uses his big body, and I kind of looked at him <laughs> like, you're six feet tall and your line mates are six, five plus. Like, okay. Um, and he has just gone back to saying, my two big body line mates and I do our best. But they win, I love it. They win, they win their battles. He's been winning faceoffs. The thing that really stands out to me about that line is almost always there's always you know things that happen in the game that make this not the situation. But on a very regular basis, when the Caps get scored against, it's Connor McMichael's line that Spencer Carberry puts over the boards for the next faceoff, and that says so much about what he thinks about that line's ability to 
maintain control of the puck, get into the offensive zone, make something happen. Like, even if they're not going to score on that next shift, which they have a couple times to do already, he puts them out in that situation because he trusts that they're not going to let things spiral. Like, there's not going to be a moment on that shift when other teams have to build on the momentum from having just scored. So, all right, so here we are. We're coming up to the Christmas break, a couple of more games beforehand. Um, what do we think overall about this Capitals team? Have we figured out who they are yet? I think we're still trying to find out. They're really getting carried by goaltending right now. Charlie Lindgren's been outstanding, and Darcy Kemper was absolutely phenomenal in their game against Carolina the other night. So that is covering up some of the flaws they still have as far as consistent scoring. The power play is really, really struggling. It's still at the bottom of the league. They're really not finding much traction there. But the penalty kill has been good. From a team defense standpoint, they've been pretty good as far as the quality of chances they give up to their opponents. So... I still don't quite know what they are, and I'm not sure they do either. I would imagine this will be a team that kind of hovers around the bubble all year, and I don't think I would expect from management like to be making big moves to try to push that to the other side of the bubble because at this point my sense is that they know that they have to start planning for the future, and they're not going to go all in to try to make a bubble team get into the playoffs right now. But if they happen to stumble in doing the things they're doing now, they would obviously, of course, be thrilled with that. And, Courtney, before I let you go, you just mentioned uh, the goaltending. But, I mean, what's our feeling on on, on Kemper and, and Lindgren? I mean, it's not like they've been blown out in a lot of games. Is this maybe developing into a, a goaltending combination that, that, you know, other teams are going to say, I really don't want to face these guys in a seven-game series? I mean, honestly, I don't think so. Darcy has struggled for most of this year, and it seems like he's just starting to really find his game now over his last two starts. Charlie's played more than Darcy has, or of late he has. They've both had some injuries. But on the balance of when they're both healthy, Charlie has played more. Um, But he's never – I mean, he just turned 30 on Monday, and he's never been a full-time – last year was his first year as a full-time NHL player, and he's never been a starting goalie in the NHL. So I don't know that at 30 you suddenly form into a number one. And I I think they're pretty happy with their 1A, 1B with Darcy and Charlie in those roles. But I don't know that – I mean, I don't think either of them is in a place right now where they would be like, oh, my God, I don't want to play them in the playoffs. They're going to steal games. Charlie's certainly capable, and so is Darcy. But neither of them have shown the consistency that makes you think that that could be – because that's really what comes, it comes down to in the playoffs is not only having your goalie get hot, but also the consistency they play with. And that's kind of a sticking point for both of Darcy and Charlie. Hey, that is the kind of candor that I like. All right, Bailey, before I let you go, uh, let everybody know, where can they find you uh, on the X and everywhere else on social media? Yeah, I'm at Bailey A. Johnson underscore on Twitter. And if you're getting off of Twitter, my other accounts are linked there. or You can find me. I'm not hard to find. Outstanding. Bailey, thank you so much, my friend. Happy holidays. And we will talk to you after the break. Thanks for having me. Happy holidays. And just so you guys know, I did ask Bailey uh, about Ovi and the goal streak, or the goal-less streak, uh, but the audio kind of dipped out on us there. So uh, in post, we had to take that part out. But she said for right now, we stay the course, see what happens. That's going to do it for us. we got to get on out of here. Merry Christmas, happy holidays. We'll talk to you after the break. Remember, like the wise man once said, if you're on your bike tonight, as always, you wear white. Stole me.